Imagine building an organization that provides not just for you and your family, but for the families of hundreds more. A brand recognized as a leader in your field. Why is it that some leaders are able to inspire a team and have a profound impact on our world, while others attempt to beat their teams into submission through micromanagement and managers who, regardless of title, are not leaders, costing their business to lose great talents and resources through attrition and toxic culture, ultimately running a great brand right into the ground? There is something else at play here, and we want to know why. It's your brand. Protect it. Protect it from both the outside and inside of your organization. Welcome to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, alongside co-host David Morrow. We explore great leaders, great brands, and the reasons why they succeed. We also take a look at stories of toxic cultures and the fall of some iconic brands. We'll play brand trivia and interview some of the leading entrepreneurs in today's business world. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the episode, and please don't forget to subscribe and follow. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Brandology Podcast. Uh, David Morrow, your host in the global studios of Brandology, uh, along with my co-host, Mark Mosher. Mark, how are you today? Doing well, Dave. How are you? I'm doing well. Today's celebrated guest is... Lindsay Chipkema. How did I do on your last name? It's close enough. Close enough. It's good. Yeah. Chipkema. Lindsay Chipkema. It's perfect. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And um, Lindsay, we are really excited to have you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, where are you from? You're from Indianapolis area originally or? I am not. Okay. I am um, I'm from Michigan originally. Okay. Uh, and then I lived in Chicago for several years before coming here in 2013. So that's great. Midwestern, but uh, mitten-shaped motherland is, is, is home for me. So that's fantastic. So let mm-hmm. me ask you this. Um, what, what, what part of Chicago are you from? Well, we lived right downtown when we oh, were there. Okay. Um, Lincoln Park yep. area or? Um, it was Park actually now? the Fulton, Fulton River District. So it was right oh, yeah. where, yeah, right, right, which is now super hot and awesome. Um, yep. Yeah, it was like the northeast corner of the West Loop. Right, it's almost like it's that River North area, right? Yeah, kind of between West Loop and River North. It was, yeah, it was exactly. a fun little area right on the on the lake. Yeah, that's um, a, that's, that's what we called home. Yep. Yeah, we were there for almost almost ten years, not quite. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I was born and raised there, so I oh. um, I lived downtown for a number of years. I lived out in the suburbs in Lake Forest and Gray's Lake and places like that. And I just I love the city. I worked there for twenty five years. Hmm. So absolutely love, love the city. Great, great city. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, and like wherever the bad areas are, like in Chicago, that's where you're supposed to invest because like within five years, they're $800,000 townhomes. Like you're just like, mm-hmm. had no idea. Wouldn't even drive down that street years ago and now can't afford to like hang out there. So it's so cool. Yeah, it's true. Well, that's great. So tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like what are you currently doing? What's your current position? Yeah, so I am the CEO and co-founder at a company called Casted, um, and we really are the first and only um, content marketing platform that's built around what we're doing right now, which is having a great conversation and turning it into a podcast. And we say, especially for brands, which we're going to talk about today, uh, don't stop there, right? Don't stop with just a great show. Yes, make it a great show, but ring it out and turn it into um, other content that you can use across other channels as well. 
Well, that's fantastic. So you specialize in your niche is podcasts and content and brand. Yeah, yeah, that's where we say you should get started. And it's really around brand podcasts to use, use those podcasts as really the cornerstone, as the center point um, of all of your content strategy, of all of your content marketing efforts. Um, how can you really put that in the middle? And then from this conversation, like one that we're about to have, um, how can you pull bits and pieces out of that to use across social media, to use on your blog, to use in email marketing efforts? Um, and Casted really is the platform to, to make that happen. It's, it's the first platform really to serve brand marketers. Everything else that exists is really made for um, you know, hobbyist podcasters or, or is not made for podcasters at all or is made for content marketers but doesn't include podcasting. It's based on kind of an old playbook that we all started with you know, two decades ago. So we're, we're, we're walking everyone into the next generation of content marketing. Wow, that is, that is great. Um, I'm interested. Um, I really would like to know with, with everything that you're doing in that space in light of the changes that have taken place over the last four months, what's what's that done for you guys? What's that changed the, the, the landscape for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, a global pandemic uh, has definitely impacted um, listenership, but it has not, as we've seen, has not impacted it ne negatively. In fact, it's um, literally right before this, we were looking at some of the numbers. It's impacted things um, in many ways for the better. People are looking for, and forgive my eyes all over the place, I'm actually looking at the numbers that we just pulled. Um, it's actually, it's some of the knee-jerk reactions that I'm sure you could assume is that people were listening on their commutes, right? Yeah. Um, or at the office when they were kind of doing heads down work. Well, that dipped for a little bit when everybody stopped commuting. But then humans need connection. It's, it's a basic human need, which makes it a basic, you know, business and, and at work need. I mean, we bring our whole selves to work. So people were still looking for ways to connect um, actually more so than ever with, um, with other people and with the brands that they want to connect with and that they had turned to in the past for great information. So now they're just doing it at different parts of their day. They get ready in the morning as they go out for a walk. People are walking more now than ever. Um, and so the way that people are listening and where they're listening and how they're listening has changed, but actually listenership in many cases has gone up, um, which is a huge opportunity for brands because there's also some really, really interesting research that says that what everybody's doing right now is they're listening to our voices, um, that that information that they're taking in is actually more effective and more likely to stick with them and to lead to more brand affinity and um, brand recall than lots of other different kinds of content because of the way that they're passively listening and doing something else. It's just it's incredible. There's a historical yeah. basis for that too. When you think back, and I know you weren't alive then, and nor was Mark, nor were I actually. But during the uh, the President Kennedy Nixon debate, right at the time when radio and television was coming on, right, mm -hmm. there was a majority or a large portion of America that listened to the debate on radio, and there was mm -hmm. a segment, an equal and just slightly larger segment that watched it on black and white TV. Those that saw President Kennedy and his looks and his charm and his demeanor and saw mm -hmm. Nixon as kind of sweating under the cameras and a little awkward, right? Those that saw it were overwhelmingly in favor of Kennedy. Those that listened only to the message were actually overwhelmingly in favor of Nixon. And so when you see that, that's kind of an interesting thing about what you just said, right? And that is 
the message tends to resonate often when they hear it. It's mm-hmm. not just about seeing it, especially because there's so much information overload that we get uh, with visual um, input mm-hmm. that that really, you know, like most of us always remember the the theme songs or the um, uh, the the brand slogans, like the jingles, right? yeah, jingles, like the, the 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 songs, but we don't even necessarily remember the commercials that we saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm a huge proponent, obviously, for audio content. Um, video content is is hugely valuable as well, Absolutely. and really. Um, so is so is written like it's it's all good. I'm 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 not here to say one is you know throw away, insert here <laughs> insert format here, but right. to say that um, the the real thing that we found in, in the soapbox that I get on is you know people feel more connected when they get to listen in on whether it's it's watching or or listening experiencing a conversation you feel more connected to to us I mean we're having this conversation right now and people who are listening I would be willing to bet feel more connected to us and therefore our brands than they would if they were reading uh you know a Q&A that you know or a guest blog that I had published for you all um those are great, but those are those are typically great um, to either lead into a show like this or to help your audience dive deeper after listening to a show like this. So it's saying start here, you know, harness the voice of the experts that your audience wants to listen to, turn that into a show. Yes, if you have audio and video, even better, but turn it into a show. And then how can you ring it out? How can you take a piece of that and, and share it on social media so that they get drawn in to experience more? How can you turn this episode into a really rich and compelling article or blog post that somebody can can dive deeper and experience more of? So it's basically just saying, don't, don't sell yourself short. Don't leave value on the table um, when there's further opportunity to establish trust and relationship with people who, who want more from you. Well, no, I, I know Mark has a question for you, but I see your license plate in the back and it says cast it. I'm really <laughs> nice. jealous of that. I, I'm thinking, I don't know if brandology is too long to have on a license plate. I could figure that out. That may be our next license plate. It's real. And you know, the funny story is that um, we actually accidentally, it's a long story, so I won't share it, but we, have, we actually have two license plates. I have one on my car and they accidentally sent us a second one. So. Oh, wow. on my shelf that's excellent if you see casted driving around indiana it's, it's now yeah. we know exactly hey everyone the brandology team has a special coming soon and it's the rise and fall of an iconic international social media platform at its peak the website was valued at over 12 billion dollars and had 75,000 new users every day But within a few short years, it was liquidated and sold for pennies on the dollar. What went wrong? What caused this huge brand to fizzle? It was launched in 2004 and was acquired just a year later for over a half a billion dollars from Rupert Murdoch's News Corporation. In fact, for the next three years, it was the largest social media site in the world. In 2006, it surpassed Google as the most visited site in the United States. So where in the world is it? Why is your new band's music not on it? Why do you not have an account on it anymore? Why even is this ridiculous podcast not hosted on it? What happened and why did it happen? Come listen as we explore in this next series, the rise and fall of the iconic social media platform, MySpace.
Basically, I drive very like a, like you know an old lady. So <laughs> as, as Mark right. does, as Mark yeah. does. <laughs> I'm curious. Before Caston, um, I know you were a, a part of some other uh, teams and some other um, organizations that you had a really big impact on. Would you like to tell us a little bit about what you were doing before Caston? Sure. So before um, jumping into the entrepreneur startup founder, CEO role. Um, I was I was in marketing. I was one of those weirdos who went to school for marketing. I actually have a master's degree in marketing. Um, and that's what I do for a living. I don't I don't have some really cool story about how I actually, you know, was an anthropologist or, or uh, something, you know, I don't know, an engineer and now here I am. Um, but yeah, I, I was a marketer. Spent 15 years um, both on the the brand side and the agency side. Um, mostly really kind of on the brand content, customer experience, more creative side of marketing. And most recently, um, before starting Casted, I was at a company here in, in Indianapolis called Amarsis. It's a global uh, enterprise MarTech SaaS company um, and oversaw all the content and uh, brand efforts there globally, including launching a podcast, which is well, what, uh, yeah, which is what led to Casted. Right. So mm -hmm. how did, um... How did you get started in that space? Was there one event or a particular person? What what kind of got you going in that direction? For podcasting? Yeah. Yeah. So um, for me, I had been, you know, listening to podcasts for a couple or a few years, kind of like a lot of other people, um, and just loved it. I, I, I have a, in, in, in typical times, I have a 45 minute commute each way downtown and um, I just, I'm such an information junkie. Like I just can't get enough, you know, business and marketing and just to learning, right? And so I loved being able to multitask on my drives and like listen to audiobooks and listen to podcasts. So um, jumping into my role at Amarsis, one of the first things I did was build, you know, a great content team and a great content strategy that like most other people was built around written content and interviewed a lot of the subject matter experts and, you know, built this, this, uh, this strategy and this process and this team, and we were cranking out really great content. But then I said, you know what, we're, we're really missing something. We're literally and figuratively missing a voice. And there's no reason that we, as this, this large global brand that's doing some really cool things now from a content and branding perspective, we should have a podcast and let's try that out. And so I pushed for it and, um, and we just we started interviewing experts in space and, and seeing what it did and it was a lot of fun and, and very eye-opening and obviously something that i i really leaned into um big time <laughs> i absolutely believe in the platform and i'll and i'll tell you why it's because the more and more people that we interview it allows them in an informal setting to actually explain what their vision really is yeah. every every website is a has a mission statement right and it's all meaningless it's all like oh we believe in the top you know customer satisfaction and we believe in blah 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 it's all written by marketing groups and it's all a bunch of hyperbole and it is absolutely meaningless to most clients like they look at mm -hmm. it nobody no clients that i know are like oh i chose them did you see their mission statement oh my god i had to go with it's that beautiful nobody, yeah, it's, yeah, it's nobody right over the end. <laughs> but i have heard people say I saw her speak at something mm -hmm. and I wanted to do business with people like that. And I heard them on a podcast and I, and now I understand 
why I should do business like that. And that gets into, once again, the whole Simon Sinek, Danae Brown theory that people do business with people who believe what you believe. Mm -hmm. People do business, they don't want to do business with everybody, right? You think you do, but you don't, right? Right. We all had that client that we hate, but they pay <laughs> us, right? And yet we yeah. have the clients that pay us more and we love. And so we mm -hmm. want to do business. Why? Because they believe what we believe. They value what we value. And, mm -hmm. and a podcast platform allows people to be able to communicate all of the intricacies, the human element around their brand. Mm -hmm. That's part of the reason yep. why Mark and I started this. Because it's so true. Yeah, because yep. IT, we do IT, we do cybersecurity. So we see every industry because IT and technology is kind of a river that flows through every aspect of every business now. Mm -hmm. So it's it's horizontal. We go into law firms, we go into hospitals, we go into manufacturing, we go into nonprofits, and we see these leaders and they're all dynamic and 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 we wanted to capture what the ones that we see that are successful doing. Mm -hmm. And we want to highlight some of the catastrophes out there. There's so many phenomenal Hindenburg type stories like Blockbuster and Toys R Us and MySpace and things like that, that we want to have as part of this podcast too, right? Um, mm -hmm. Not bad people at all, right? But just missed, misguided at the time, right? Yeah. Didn't the 800 pound gorilla in the room or just yeah. thought, or just thought because we're making so much money doing what we've always done it, we're too big to fail mm -hmm. nobody is too big to fail no. like you know and you look at the proved over and over and over oh my right. gosh yeah and you look at the you look at the dow jones industrials and i'm like most of those companies are under 30 years old yeah. Most of those companies are under 30 years old. So what it shows is America is great at building brands. We suck at keeping them alive. We just get lazy. We 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 take you know past accolades as justification for our current lazy behavior, and that's just not the way it is. Right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. And when you're able to again like listen in the conversation, I mean, this is authenticity, and it's right. it's uh, it's not produced uh, in the way that other content that, is, that a, that a website wrong. is or oh, I mean, yeah. even if it is produced even if it is edited it's not it's not um approved by a bunch of people in a room that are, are looking at copy and which you know that that all has a place but this is it's authentic and people people crave that people want human people, business businesses are regardless of what you sell whether it's, you know it's it or it's it's manufacturing or marketing um regardless it's it's a human buying from another human that's yep. that's excellent. Um, mm -hmm. Let me ask you this: what what current things, what current initiatives, are you working on that you're really excited about? And I, mm -hmm. I don't. And eventually, I want to get to the point where what are we doing wrong in this podcast, and what are we doing right? And <laughs> we, we could always you feel <laughs> free. I'm completely transparent. The more the one thing Mark and I always say is: the more people we interview, the more we realize how little we have done with our lives. <laughs> <laughs> because we're like 32 year old stay at home mom who like builds a multi-million dollar business i'm like i am getting myself out of bed to get to my job like i'm like <laughs> what, what i have no idea i thought i was doing the right thing so yeah. what current initiatives are you passionate about that you're working on? oh my goodness um i mean it's all wrapped up Besides under being on brandology podcast well i mean this this is, this is the, the obvious one this is the epitome um, 
<laughs> but I think, you know, it's it, what I am most passionate about. I mean, it can all be wrapped, wrapped up under this umbrella of what this incredible, incredible team at Casted is doing. So for, for me, um, the reason that I got into this position, like starting this company, um, was that I, I had, I love being creative and I love creating things. And yes, sometimes that means, you know, something tangible that is beautiful and creative that you can hold in your hand. Um, it also means, you know, marketing strategy and content strategy. That's a, it's a, it's a good fit for me, but it also means, you know, building a team, building a culture, building a, a brand that did not exist before that yes, is also building a product that did not exist before. And that hopefully changes the way, um, that marketers think about content strategy. That's, that's the big soapbox, but really I'm, I'm so excited about this team that we've created and the passion that they bring to, to Casted and to serving our customers and to really taking all of their roles into this next generation of, of what we believe is, is in store for brands to say, Hey, it doesn't have to be the way that you've been doing it for the last 20 years. In fact, here's this really beautiful, simple way to make some small changes that can make a huge, huge impact. And, uh, yeah, I can't say enough about this team that we have on board to to make it happen. So I know Mark wants to ask you about like Casted and you know who you all are and what your mission is and things like that. Before we do that, how, what made you start Casted? Where were you hmm. before and what made you go? I've got to make this happen. I see a void. I need to do that. Yeah. So um, I kind of told the beginning, the very beginning of the story before, like it was Adam Arsis. We launched this podcast. Um, the the two things that I noticed uh, right away in, in starting and launching and having the the um, the ability and the, the honor to to be the host was one. It was great. It was a great way great way to to reach and connect with the humans in our audience in a way that we couldn't and we hadn't been, um, and also the humans around the world that were on our, our global team um, and give them something to really rally around and a voice to get behind. That was great. Um, what was not so great and was a shock to me was the fact that there was no software, there was no platform, there was no technology that I just kind of expected to be there. It just right. didn't exist. Um, there was no casted. There was there were all these one-off tools and point solutions that I you know we could do oh, this tiny you oh, know I, it's funny anytime I, I like talk about this on a podcast. Things. I've got like fifteen things going. I'm like exactly there's gotta be a I want to do a podcast. Go here. Like there's there is nothing. Mark, Mark yes. is like, what are we doing? I'm like, we have like 15 things I've got to do. Right. I want to do one well, thing. I've got to report it in like 15 different places. It's ridiculous. Yes. And, and so there are some things that are made for like, you know, the authors and the influencers and those that want to build a large audience and sell ads. That's great. And that, that area of the market is, is growing and that's awesome. But when you are a, a marketer, um, or a marketing leader leading a marketing team for a brand. There are certain ways that you work. There are certain things you need to do. There are certain things that you need to be able to report to leadership. And you just kind of expect that there's going to be software, especially today, to help you do that. And there wasn't. And so that's, I mean, that's how a lot of great companies are, are born, which is I just couldn't believe this didn't already exist. So, um, and what, what do you mean by that? When, when you say there is nothing that they, like, what is, what is casting? What is it? Yeah. What is it 
So we exist today, as of today, we are a, a software platform that's built you know, for brand marketers um, to help them to say, okay, yep, go create a great show. Have a great conversation with um, an expert, somebody that your audience is going to, to value their, their insights. Awesome. Create a great show, record it, and then Casted's gonna help you take it from there. So you upload your episode into the Casted platform and we, we host it and we syndicate it. That means that, that we are the place that your, your podcast audio file lives and uh, create your RSS feed and send it out to the Apples, the Googles, the Spotify's, wherever your audience is listening right now. Um, we also say that you should own your audience, especially a brand. If you have the opportunity to say, hey, listen to our show, send them to your own website. Um, so we create that page that lives on your website, um, or if you don't want the page, you can create, you can pull um, pieces of the casted page to embed on your own website. So we say, um, we create where your podcast lives on your own page and help you own that experience. So that's, that's checkbox number one is publish your show. And then we say, what else, going back to the beginning of the conversation, what else are you going to do from there? Because again, especially for a brand, you have people, um, sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's several different departments, depending on how large your company is, but you have social media efforts, you have a blog, you have a website, you have email content, you have social, you have um, sales and sales enablement, you have um, internal comps, and you need to serve all of those different areas. But quite often your podcast is kind of locked away in its own lockbox that you can't access. So first thing is Casted provides access to all those different areas um, and the people that own those different channels to say, here's, for example, a transcript that you can use to just with a flip of a switch, um, publish so that for SEO, it checks for those who are interested in SEO, it helps your, your podcast and that content to be found. Um, you can pull parts of that transcript to start use the starter content for your blog. So there's that channel. You can pull clips and create audiograms that are used on social media. So that, that fulfills that channel. Um, and you can pull pieces of the podcast to be embedded into your email content. So really it's saying this conversation is now accessible to other areas of the business and other areas of marketing uh, so that they can amplify this conversation across other channels. And then a big part is attribution. So how can we help you understand, you know, who's engaging with your content, not just your podcast, but the other related content that's created from it um, and how it can be, you know, attributed to um, what else you're doing and, and the impact it's making on the brand and on your business's bottom line. So all of that happens in Casted, there's tools and features that help you ring it out that integrate with other tools and platforms that you're using um, that really serve the marketer in in leveraging conversations as the center of their their marketing efforts. That's an incredible amount of work that you guys do for people yeah, that don't realize how much goes into all of that mm -hmm. uh, to make that happen. So I'm trying to think, is there a particular type of organization or size of organization that seems to be a really good fit or is it is it everybody? Yeah, we, um, I mean, the <laughs> two answers to that, anyone can use it. I mean, and we actually do have a couple of, of as I'm sure every community does. Hey everyone, Mark and I are excited about this episode and all of our episodes. One goal really of this podcast is to let everyone hear those, candidly from really leaders themselves our, in their own words. Unpolished and real. If you can realize that, you can lead, make an impact and transform places and people from any role or position, regardless of title, regardless of what organization you're with, or even as a stay-at-home parent, as a leader, then we've met our objective. Please send us your comments, suggestions for who we should have as our next guest to brandology 
Podcast Staff at gmail.com. That's Brandology Podcast Staff at gmail.com. Thanks for listening as always. And now back to our episode. That's, I love your passion for what you do. It really comes through. Um, and people don't realize how much, how much work it takes to do what you guys do. And I, I just, I, I'm sure the team is incredible. And um, you guys, I, I really would like to learn more about them sometime. Um, but thinking about you with the passion you have and the drive and what you've you know, done, uh, was there somebody, if you look back, somebody or some event in the past that really inspired you, not just for casted, but just in life in general? Is there someone you could point at like that? Mm, man, I should be more prepared for these for these <laughs> questions, for these these kinds of questions. Well, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, so I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Scott Dorsey. So, I mean, he. Um, and who is he? Explain. So. <laughs> So he is, uh, yeah, everyone here in Indy or in the marketing technology world knows who he is, but he, um, he is one of the partners at High Alpha Venture Studio, which is how he um, intersected with my life. So Casted got started in the High Alpha Studio and has spun out from there. And so he's been a great partner to me and to the business in getting started. Um, and he's on our board and continues to be a great uh, mentor and guide to me as we grow the business. Um, but how he got to there is that he was one of the founders of Exact Target, which was acquired by by Salesforce. And so he knows, you know, a thing or two about building a great marketing technology SaaS business um, and growing it into something that's just massive and is now a huge part of, you know, a little company called Salesforce. So, um, so he has. Was that you've heard of them? Yeah, I think people, people, people listening have I think probably heard of them. You've heard it here first on Brandology. I think they're going to be big. I just, maybe got a hunch. Possibly, maybe. They might be. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he's he's been a huge part of, of our story and and of mine. Um, and that's that's kind of in the recent years and kind of this chapter. Um, you know, prior to that my um my coach uh rebecca fleetwood hessian she's she's fantastic and it's funny because i actually found her through a podcast so i was listening yeah so i was on linkedin as one as one is and somebody had mentioned oh great episode on her podcast is actually called the badass women's council which is Mm -hmm. a pretty fun title yeah i like it yeah and she she was talking about something that i was interested in and so i listened to it and she mentioned that she was in the indianapolis area and i reached out and was like i loved your podcast we should grab coffee and um we did and we just it was one of those situations where you feel like your instant best friends and you know each other forever and it was at a point in her life that she was doing something new and i was you know thinking about kind of what was next for me and we just intersected at a great time and she has influenced um, me in so many ways and grow- helped me to grow in so many ways. She's now officially um, like my, my executive coach, my leadership coach. And um, she's, she's incredible. So she's been a huge impact to me. Um, and going back further, uh, the first CEO that I worked for, his name is Ron Kitchens. Um, and he is the CEO of an economic development organization in, in Southwest Michigan called Southwest Michigan first. Um, and he took brand new college grad me. I had been an intern there for a couple of years and, uh, I took on all of the marketing efforts for this at the time was an eight person, small, small, but mighty organization. And I took all of the marketing. So it was like PR events, um, graphic design website. It was just 
all the things were mine and he just let me run with it. And he gave me um, enough rope to either, you know, hang myself or to just, okay, I'm, I don't care how old you are or how young you are, how experience, how much experience you do or don't have, if you can do it, it's yours. And um, that gave me the, the confidence and the breadth and depth of experience to be able to just know that I could do much more than I maybe thought that I could because I, I had all I needed was uh, typically all you need is someone to just let you do let it. You and do it. Just right. I, that's, do that's, it. Been, that's been my experience. Well, let me ask you this. Did, um, what did you go to undergrad for? What'd you go to school for? Um, public relations and marketing at Western okay. Michigan university. So you studied. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and so you studied kind of the field that you're actually in. I, I find yep. there's a lot of people that do phenomenal in marketing and branding that had history degrees that were mm -hmm. like you just never know like especially it's, like sociology it's, psychology yeah. yeah political science things like mm -hmm. that right mm -hmm. i think more of that should be in a lot of uh you know programs for marketing yeah. And, and yeah right yeah. Mm -hmm. otherwise it's practical it's like going yeah. to a trade school and they're teaching you how to code it's like you still need to understand business concepts, macroeconomics, microeconomics, because that's how, that's where your role is going to be. You need to mm -hmm. understand the whole picture. Otherwise you're just learning that skill. Yeah. So. And also I think it's really important to learn in some way, like I'm not even going to try mm -hmm. to dictate, be prescriptive, but to learn how much marketing intersects with sales. I mean, duh, <laughs> like right. it just, and, and brand in general, like it, mm -hmm. It's so imperative that you have to be in lockstep. You have to understand it. And that wasn't part of my curriculum in my, my undergrad or my, I have a master's degree in integrated marketing and communication and that it wasn't a part of it. And I've learned it all, you know, over the last you know 15 plus years, how close you work with sales, but that's, it's not something they teach you, um, which is so silly. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we take Mark, yeah, no, a question or do you want me to, uh, shall we take a break and do some, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. Do some trivia. Shall we do some trivia? Yes. Are you up for that? Lindsay? I am. I'm, I feel like I'm going to just <laughs> completely embarrass myself. Like I am, I, as far as trivia is concerned, I'm good at completely useless information, but oh, I don't, I don't know about like anything that's this real. This is the most <laughs> absolutely impossible to be a bigger disappointment. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the good thing you, the one thing you have going is how bad Mark is. Okay. The really so bad. the bar is low. Okay. All right. Okay. So, uh, welcome to, uh, brand culture trivia. And I'm going to begin with the first question right after this intro. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome everyone to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely. The rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want. And the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. That what is, is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless. 
but we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. Are you guys ready? Ready. Sure. Ready? Okay. <laughs> what uh, cola drink did Coca-Cola introduce in 1963 that had pink cans? Strawberry Coke. Keep guessing. Coke it's cherry Coke. New Coke. Diet Coke. No, my-, my Cotton Candy Coke. Ooh, for anybody, for anybody that knows me, I grew up with these cans littered across my living room from my mom. Come on, keep guessing. Anything else? Um, Anything else? Raspberry Coke. Tab. Answer is oh. tab. Oh, dear. Okay. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. I'm hey. going to hold on to that point. I'm going to hold on to that right. very, very yours. Point. I'm going to put it up here on the shelf. So okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to that point. I'm going to put it up here on the shelf. Okay. So, um, okay. Here's a slogan. You fill in the blank. There are some things money can't buy. For everything else, there's blank oh crap More i know this one. <laughs> there are some things that money can't buy for everything else there's blank it's mastercard or american express yes. or visa there it's one of those yeah. oh that's right which one was it it was mastercard mastercard and okay. you knew that you weren't just asking me the answer so i know that <laughs> so the first point goes to Lindsay. mark boom okay Okay. What company uses this slogan? A diamond is forever. Zales. No. Is no. that Zales? No. A diamond is forever. A diamond is forever. I thought it was Zales. Zales. I don't know anymore. I know. I, I can see it in my head. Children, children, children. It's De Beers. De Beers. Yeah. I'm going to put that one on the shelf next to the first one. That does make me think of jewelry, though. And my favorite, my favorite like slogan or tagline has always been like, every kiss begins with K. Just be, it's cheesy, like but that. it's so, it's so right. catchy and it's it, it play on words. I'll give you guys an easy one. Now you're going to have to guess fast because okay. they say it, you're going to know it. All right, I'm ready. What company, what product is this? Melts in your mouth, not in your hands. M&M's. She won. It's two Did she to nothing. Cheerios? What? what? Two to nothing. Oh, what's two to nothing. You just said Cheerios? <laughs> All right, who, the mouth sometimes who works. Did I, who did I pick to start There this is podcast? that big problem of, of uh, cereal melting in your hands, though. I, I do Dude. give you that one. It's, yeah. it's, it's really, it's, yeah, it's catching it's on. a problem. Oh, yeah. my Lord. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, it's two to nothing. Mark, once again, if you had a thousand times as many points, she'd still be beating you. Right. So let's keep going. <laughs> all right. Um, here's one. Oh, this is a good one. When Pez candies first were marketed... They were marketed as a tasty alternative to what? Gum. Nope. Chiclets. Nope. Suckers. Nope. Um, what do they call those big things? Smoking. Smoking. She really? 
We have what? a winner. I mean, really, I knew that. That yeah. was, was not a guess. Of course. <laughs> I knew it was not a guess. But see, she's following the rules, Mark. She's guessing as many answers. She's throwing out as many answers as possible. Great job. Lindsay, you are the okay. proud owner of 14,642 Brandology Bucks. Our assistants, our assistants will get in touch with you on how you want those transferred into your account and uh, enjoy the cruise and all the things that you can buy with those Brandology Bucks. I can't wait. I'm excited for you. So, <laughs> Okay, so let's get, get back to our, uh, to our questions. Mark, uh, were you going to follow up on something? Or... Uh, uh no, I had, I'm, I'm curious um, with what you're doing and, and you've got going on, what's, what's the future look like? What's the next step? Where do you go from here? So I firmly believe, and I'm sure it comes as no surprise, um, but that podcasting and, and conversations and shows, shows in general, are the future of, of content, which therefore that means are the future of marketing, which means that they are the future of brands, right? It's about, we, we've been talking a lot today about um, humanizing brands, humanizing companies. Um, conversations do that. Individ people want more connection on a human level with the brands that they work, for, work with, are, learn from, are entertained by, right? So as far as Casted is concerned, we're, you know, we're here for it and we are we are the platform that is um, helping to make that possible and to, to make that uh, reality um, come to life for a lot of companies. Brand marketers know this, marketing leaders know that, that, that they need to make their brands more human, that, that they need to get away from you know, the playbooks that were established 20 years ago. And so they're trying right now to just cram it all in and we're saying, okay, what if you what if you did it this way? Here, take my hand. Here's here's this new way to do it. And it all starts with just having a conversation and um, and Casted can help you do the rest. So that's that's what we're here for. Um, the the platform exists today. We've got some pretty exciting things on the roadmap to to make it even bigger and better and larger and to make it even that much um, simpler for for marketers to to really take their efforts to that next that next level. Um, and yeah, the goal is to really be a part of um, every brand strategy around the world, whether they're using Casted or, or this, this methodology that we're, that we're in front of. So let me ask you, what does your team at Casted look like? I mean, there's you obviously, you have um, graphic designers, programmers. What, mm -hmm. what does your team look like? Yeah, so um, as of today, we have 14 people on the team. We're all based here in Indy. Um, when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, we actually would be working together alongside each other. Um, but yeah, we're all here in Indy. Um, I've, I myself have two co-founders, um, Zachary Ballinger, who ends up the, the sales and go-to-market side, and Adam Panarino, who heads up the product and, and technology side. And then, um, yeah, our teams have uh, some exceptional uh, designers and developers and um, marketers and uh, customer success and customer service um, individuals that are, are driving this thing. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. What advice would you give to somebody that is coming out with a integrated marketing degree like you have? Hmm. Get as much experience in as many areas as humanly possible. So um, widespread, horizontal. Widespread. Yep. Right. Widespread. I, variety. Did a little bit, dabble a little bit in everything. Find a job. I couldn't agree um, more. I couldn't agree yeah. more. 
find a job or, you know, if, if, if it's even earlier, an internship. Smaller that places lets are you... better, actually, in the beginning, yeah. in my opinion. Smaller places yes. because you have to wear a five or six different hats and then you know what you're good at, you know what you like. Exactly. And you know, then you can go to a big company and say, I just want to do that. And they, yep. you know, that's the difference between small organizations and big organizations, right? Like small I could not agree more. One person does 15 things. Large organizations, they have 15 people doing one thing. Right? Yeah, that's all exactly. Yep. Yep. And, and you can get a great job at a very, very large company, you know, doing doing one thing. And that's great if, if you're certain that that's what you want to do, because, you know, five years down the road, you're going to you be know if you haven't done all a senior other- version of that. Right. Yeah. Are you I mean, to know? me, right. yeah, find a job that, that you get to get a taste of, you know, email marketing and you get to help with a podcast and you get to, you know, run events. Um, right now you get some really great virtual event experience. I mean, do as many things as you can get comfortable with with as many things as you can, because even sitting here, especially today uh, as, as the CEO of a company, I I mean, my, my role in my life and what my day to day, what I'm focused on now has changed a lot in the last year and a half since, since making this transition. And I find myself going back to, to two things, uh, the breadth of experience that I got even 15 years ago. I mean, I'm tapping into remembering what it was like to X and, and therefore what our customers are experiencing what other people on my team are experiencing. I can at least empathize, even if my experience is, is outdated, I, I've been there. And then it, that's one. And then two is being, I, I, because I've been doing it my whole career, I'm really, really comfortable with being uncomfortable and with learning all the time. And I think that if you spend too much of your career doing one thing that becomes scarier than, than it probably should be. So yeah, do as many things as you possibly can as early as you can. Okay. Let me ask you this. How are you protecting your brand? Hmm. So we specialize in cybersecurity and I always like to ask people because it's cybersecurity is something that people read about. It's kind of cool. And then they like kind of go back to their lives and until they need us. And then when they need us, their brand is ruined. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, how are you protecting your brand? Like, how do you go about, like, do you train your employees? Do you, because your employees mm-hmm. are online all the time, mm-hmm. right? How are they, how do they know what to do, what not to do? Um, yeah, I, th- I like this question. I think, and I love, I love that you are being, like, being focused in, you know, IT and cybersecurity. You're doing a show about brand because that's crossing right. that chasm is so important because that's the whole point of not, it, right? Not focusing on I, what I you do to, impacts wanna, the brand. Right. I yeah. don't want to listen to a podcast on cybersecurity. That's what I mm-hmm. do all day. It's like reading a white paper. That's boring as hell. I want to <laughs> know about like how do we protect brands because I come from a family where my dad came from nothing, started a business, built a brand, employed hundreds of people, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, but that was before the internet. And yeah. so he was there today, his brand would be being attacked, not from lawyers and lawsuits because he dealt with that crap before, mm-hmm. but how in the world would he deal with cyber threats right now? Because he would have to. And so that's what yeah. drives this, right? Mm-hmm. So how do, we, how do we do that? And how are yeah. you doing that? You understand brands as better, as good as anybody that we've had on here. So how, yeah. how are you guys doing it? What do you guys do? Humanize it. Good. Right? And I think, um, is that going to fix everything? No. Is that, is it feel proof? Absolutely not. Um, You know, we've been lucky enough in the the almost year and a half that we've been around that we haven't had 
anything really hit us uh, other than a, a zoom a zoom bomb one time that right. we had was interesting right. um but we um you know the more the more human you are the more i mean look look at any example any any one of the three of us or anyone who's listening can point to examples throughout your entire life about when things like that have happened and the companies that have fared well are the ones that are like yeah that sucked <laughs> like right. we got hit yeah. hard and yep. bad things happened. Right. We're sorry. Exactly. We are people. You can still trust us. And you know what? Their audience said, yeah. Yeah, right. we can. Exactly. And and that that's happened to companies. That's happened to famous people. Um, I mean, the careers that didn't end were the ones that you want. You were cheering for them. You were rooting right. for them. Because, and, they, because um, they were self-deprecating and they were like, I mean, what, what we see in most data breaches is the people that are causing them are, they're not idiots. Sometimes they're the smartest, most well-educated, just busy executives. Like mm -hmm. that's who's causing the data breaches because they're not taking the time to understand what the best practices are, right? They're just busy. They're trying to change the world. They're, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to make an impact. And yet, um, by having, you know, processes and tools and, you know, layers in, in effect that could protect them and, and mm -hmm. how they react. You know, the poster child for us is the Equifax breach because it's the poster child for what you're not supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. When you find out about something, you don't go do insider trading. You don't, you don't go, you, you don't go, boy, guys, we've got to go public with this. Let's sell our stock. Let's, just, uh, let's just real quick. Let's do this. Yeah, Make a let's stop on this. the way. Yeah. And, then, and then when we get it, and then when we go public, we're going to blame other people. Let's blame mm -hmm. other people, not take accountability, but then offer everybody free credit monitoring. You're like, no, like, yeah. continue to work with us. Yes, yeah. continue to work with us. Please trust us. Mm -hmm. And it's like they're mm -hmm. the poster child of what you're not supposed to do. Yeah, so, um, I'm interested. Um, one of the one of the fundamental beliefs that David and I have is that if you hire the right people and mm -hmm. you put the right people in the right seat, meaning the right job or the right tasks, that it creates a, a positive culture and that culture can actually make a business thrive and create its own brand just off culture. Uh, and I see the passion you have, not just for what you do, but for the people that you do it with. Mm -hmm. And would you agree that, that culture can play a big part in that brand? Oh, it's, it's huge. Um, brand and culture are, are not the same thing. They're very closely related and something that they have in common is that you don't get to say what it is. Right. Um, it is what it, it is, what it is perceived to be. And, you know, your culture is good, bad, or otherwise what the people who are in it experience. It is not free beer on Fridays. It is not a pool table. It is not work from home Wednesdays back when we all used to work in offices. It it is the experience. It is the availability of leadership. It is how people show up for each other. It is, uh, it's human, right? Mm -hmm. And um, brand is the same thing. Brand is not your logo. It is not your mascot. It's not your colors. It's not your tagline. It's not, you know, if your website is, is good or not. It is. It's not the logo. Nope. Mm -mm. It is, it is how people experience your company. Yeah. I mean, brand is, is culture in my opinion. Mm -hmm. like that's, that's what it's about. And culture is not, you know, free food and beanbags. Yeah. Open mm -hmm. plan. Like that doesn't do it, right? 
Right. Like how do we inspire people? How do we get people? Because I know that when, when we just, I mean, it gets into our whole philosophy and one of the discussions we've had on this podcast a lot is leadership and leadership versus management, right? Managers who micromanage and who like beat into submission, their subservience, as opposed to those who are like, we all want the same result. What can mm-hmm. I do to show you and support you because you're on the front lines? What can I do to, to comfort you and make you feel safe? Your job is safe. What tools do you need? Just go out and get it. Yeah. Right? And, and, and how do we inspire them each day to go out and, and really do that? Because the company benefits, the brand benefits, because now they're working, they're excited about work. They're working with blood, sweat, and tears. They're putting their heart into it. They believe what you believe to find people right. who believe what you believe to do business together. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it casted, um, I like to say, you know, we, passion is our superpower. We, it's the one intangible thing that we've, you know, that we've hired for from day one, you know, for bringing on my co-founders and, um, I, and every position we filled and and every person we brought on board along the way. Um, it makes all the difference because when people are passionate about, yeah, about the company, but more so about what they do and about their craft and about the impact that they're making on, on the brand and the company and the customers and the culture, that's, that's where, you know, you talk about micromanaging and, and managing versus leading and inspiring. It's, it's fear versus trust. It's, you know, micromanaging comes when you're afraid that the people that you've brought on board aren't going to do what you need them to do. And, you know, trust is, happens when you, you believe that someone is going to do what, what they are uniquely able to, Right. And so it, it shows up. It shows up in the day-to-day. It shows up in the brand, absolutely. And it absolutely is felt in the culture. Yep. Well, as we wrap this up, and um, you've provided some really great inspiration and some great insight, and I know the, uh, the listeners are getting a lot of value out of this. Um, one question I always like to ask at the end is, as you were growing up as a, as a little girl, did you ever think you would be where you are today? What, or what did you want to be when you were a little girl? I love, I love this question because you don't know what I wanted to be when I was little. I wanted to be a bangle. Like as in... The bangles. As in the bangles. Oh, that's yes. awesome. I wanted... God, I not, I didn't want to be a rock star. Did you I want didn't to want to be a musician. Or the... Oh, yeah. I, I didn't care. I, I just wanted them to add me to the band. I, I was, oh, yeah. and I remember my parents. So my first concert that I went to, I was six years old and I sat on my dad's shoulders. I wanted, was, I wanted to be a member of you too, more than anything I can think yeah, of. Yeah. Like what? not a rock star. No, just a, a bangle, member of that band. A member of you too. Yeah. So you get it. I wanted to be a member of you too. I don't yeah. know. I'm not even Irish, but I wanted yeah. to be a member of you. Smoking. She really? did. Really? We have what? a winner. I mean, really? I knew that. That yeah. was, was not a guess. Of course. <laughs> I knew it was not a guess, but see, she's following the rules, Mark. She's guessing as many answers. She's throwing out as many answers as possible. Great job. Lindsay, you are the proud owner of 14,642 Brandology Bucks. Our assistants assistants will get in touch with you on how you want those transferred into your account and uh, enjoy the cruise and all the things that you can buy with those Brandology Bucks. 
I can't wait. I'm excited for you. So, <laughs> okay, so let's get get back to our uh, to our questions. Mark, uh, were you going to follow up on something? Or uh, uh, no, I had. I'm I'm curious um, with what you're doing and and you've got going on. What's what's the future look like? What's the next step? Where do you go from here? So I firmly believe, and I'm sure it comes as no surprise, um, but that podcasting and, and conversations and shows, shows in general, are the future of, of content, which therefore that means are the future of marketing, which means that they are the future of brands, right? It's about, we, we've been talking a lot today about um, humanizing brands, humanizing companies, um, conversations do that. People want more connection on a human level with the brands that they work for, work with, are, learn from, or entertained by, right? So as far as Casted is concerned, we're, you know, we're here for it. And we are, we are the platform that is um, helping to make that possible and to, to make that uh, reality um, come to life for a lot of companies. Brand marketers know this. Marketing leaders know that 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 they need to make their brands more human. That that they need to get away from you know the playbooks that were established 20 years ago. And so they're trying right now to just cram it all in. And we're saying, okay, what if you what if you did it this way? Here, take my hand. Here's here's this new way to do it. And it all starts with just having a conversation. And um, and Casted can help you do the rest. So that's that's what we're here for. Um, the, the platform exists today. We've got some pretty exciting things on the roadmap to to make it even bigger and better and larger and to make it even that much um, simpler for, for marketers to to really take their efforts to that next that next level. Um, and yeah, the goal is to really be a part of um, every brand strategy around the world, whether they're using Casted or or this this methodology that we're that we're in front of. So let me ask you, what does your team at Casted look like? I mean, there's you obviously, you have um, graphic designers, programmers. What, what does your team look like? Yeah, so um, as of today, we have 14 people on the team. We're all based here in Indy. Um, when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, we actually would be working together alongside each other. Um, but yeah, we're all here in Indy. Um, I've, I myself have two co-founders. Um, Zachary Ballinger, who ends up the, the sales and go-to-market side, and Adam Paterino, who heads up the product and, and technology side. And then, um, yeah, our teams have uh, some exceptional uh, designers and developers and um, marketers and uh, customer success and customer service um, individuals that are, are driving this thing. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. What advice would you give to somebody that is coming out with a – integrated marketing degree like you have? Hmm. Get as much experience in as many areas as humanly possible. So um, widespread, horizontal. Widespread. Yep. Right. Widespread. I, variety. Get a little bit, dabble a little bit in everything. Find a job. I couldn't agree um, more. I couldn't agree yeah. more. Find a job or, you know, if, if, if it's even earlier, an internship. Smaller places are you... better, actually, in the beginning, yeah. in my opinion. Smaller places. Yes. Because you have to wear a five or six different hats and then you know what you're good at, you know what you like. Exactly. And you know, then you can go to a big company and say, I just want to do that. And they, yep. you know, that's the difference between small organizations and big organizations, right? Like I small could not agree more. One person does 15 things. Large organizations, they have 15 people doing one thing. 
right? Yeah. That's all. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And, and you can get a great job at a very, very large company, you know, doing, doing one thing. And that's great if, if you're certain that that's what you want to do, because, you know, five years down the road, you're going to be know if you haven't done all a senior other- version of that. Right. Yeah. Or you I mean, to me, know? yeah, right. find a job that, that you get to get a taste of, you know, email marketing and you get to help with a podcast and you get to, you know, run events. Um, right now you get some really great virtual event experience. I mean, do as many things as you can get comfortable with, with as many things as you can, because even sitting here, especially today, uh, as, as the CEO of a company, I, I mean, my, my role in my life and what my day to day, what I'm focused on now has changed a lot in the last year and a half since, since making this transition. And I find myself going back to, to two things, uh, the breadth of experience that I got even 15 years ago. I mean, I'm tapping into remembering what it was like to X and, and therefore what our customers are experiencing what other people on my team are experiencing. I can at least empathize, even if my experience is, is outdated, I, I've been there. And then that's one. And then two is being, I, because I've been doing it my whole career, I'm really, really comfortable with being uncomfortable and with learning all the time. And I think that if you spend too much of your career doing one thing that becomes scarier than, than it probably should be. So yeah, do as many things as you possibly can as early as you can. Okay. Let me ask you this. How are you protecting your brand? Hmm. So we specialize in cybersecurity and I always like to ask people because it's cybersecurity is something that people read about. It's kind of cool. And then they like kind of go back to their lives and until they need us. And then when they need us, their brand is ruined. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, how are you protecting your brand? Like, how do you go about, like, do you train your employees? Do you, because your employees mm-hmm. are online all the time, mm-hmm. right? How are they, how do they know what to do, what not to do? Um, yeah, I, th- I like this question. I think, and I love, I love that you are being, like, being focused in, you know, IT and cybersecurity. You're doing a show about brand because that's crossing right. that chasm is so important because that's the whole point of not, it, right? not focusing I, on I what you do to, impacts the brand. Right. I yeah. don't want to listen to a podcast on cybersecurity. That's what I mm-hmm. do all day. It's like reading a white paper. That's boring as hell. I want to <laughs> know about like, how do we protect brands? Because I come from a family where my dad came from nothing, started a business, built a brand, employed hundreds of people. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, but that was before the internet. And yeah. so if he was there today, his brand would be being attacked, not from lawyers and lawsuits because he dealt with that crap before, mm-hmm. but how in the world would he deal with cyber threats right now? Because he would have to. And so that's what yeah. drives this, right? Mm-hmm. So how do, we, how do we do that? And how are yeah. you doing that? You understand brands as better, as good as anybody that we've had on here. So how, yeah. how are you guys doing it? What do you guys do? Humanize it. Good. Right? And I think, um, is that going to fix everything? No. Is that the, is it feel-proof? Absolutely not. Um, you know, we've been lucky enough in the, the almost year and a half that we've been around that we haven't had anything really hit us uh, other than a, a, Zoom, a Zoom bomb one time. That we right. Had was interesting. Right. Um, but we, um, you know, the more... The more human you are, the more, I mean, look, look at any example, any, any one of the three of us or anyone who's listening can point to examples throughout your entire life about when things like that have happened and the companies that have fared well are the ones that are like, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> like right. we got hit yep. hard and yep. bad things happened 
Right. We're sorry. We are people. You can still trust us. And you know what? Their audience said, yeah, yeah, we can. Exactly. And and that that's happened to companies. That's happened to famous people. Um, I mean, the careers that didn't end were the ones that you want. You were cheering for them. You were rooting right. for them because, and, they, because um, they were self-deprecating. And they were like, I mean, what what we see in most data breaches is the people that are causing them are they're not idiots. Sometimes they're the smartest, most well-educated, <laughs> just busy executives. Like mm-hmm. that's who's causing the data breaches because they're not taking the time to understand what the best practices are, right? They're just busy. They're trying to change the world. They're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to make an impact. And yet um, by having, you know, processes and tools and, you know, layers in, in effect that could protect them and, and mm-hmm. how they react. You know, the poster child for us is the Equifax breach because it's the poster child for what you're not supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. When you find out about something, you don't go do insider trading. You don't, you don't go, you you don't go, boy, guys, we've got to go public with this. Let's sell our stock. Let's just just real quick. Let's do this. Make a stop on the way. And then then when we get it and then when we go public, we're going to blame other people. Let's Mm -hmm. blame other people, not take accountability, but then offer everybody free credit monitoring. You're like, no, Continue to work with us. Yes, continue to work with us. Please trust us. Mm -hmm. And it's like they're Mm -hmm. the poster child of what you're not supposed to do. Yeah. um, I'm interested. um, One of the the fundamental beliefs that David and I have is that if you hire the right people and you mm -hmm. put the right people in the right seat, meaning the right job or the right tasks, that it creates a, a positive culture. And that culture can actually make a business thrive and create its own brand just off culture. Uh, and I see the passion you have, not just for what you do, but for the people that you do it with. Mm-hmm. And would you agree that, that culture can play a big part in that brand? Oh, it's, it's huge. Um, brand and culture are, are not the same thing. They're very closely related. And something that they have in common is that you don't get to say what it is. Right. Um, it is what it, it is, what it is perceived to be. And, you know, your culture is good, bad, or otherwise what the people who are in it experience. It is not free beer on Fridays. It is not a pool table. It is not work from home Wednesdays back when we all used to work in offices. It, it is the experience. It is the availability of leadership. It is how people show up for each other. It is, uh, it's human, right? Mm-hmm. And um, brand is the same thing. Brand is not your logo. It is not your mascot. It is not your colors. It's not your tagline. It's not, you know, if your website is, is good or not. It is, it's not the logo. Nope. It is, it is how people experience your company. Yeah. I mean, brand is, is culture in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what it's about. And culture is not, you know, free food and bean bags open <laughs> mm-hmm. plan like that doesn't do it right right like how do we inspire people how do we get people because i know that when when we just i mean it gets into our whole philosophy and one of the discussions we've had on this podcast a lot is leadership and leadership versus management right managers who micromanage and who like beat into submission their subservience as opposed to those who are like we all want the same result what can Mm -hmm. i do to show you and support you 
because you're on the front lines. What can I do to to comfort you and make you feel safe? Your job is safe. What tools do you need? Just go out and get it. Yeah. Right? And 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 how do we inspire them each day to go out and, and really do that? Because the company benefits, the brand benefits, because now they're working, they're excited about work, they're working with blood, sweat, and tears, they're putting their heart into it, they believe what you believe to find people right. who believe what you believe to do business together. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it casted, um, I like to say, you know, we, passion is our superpower. We it's the one intangible thing that we've, you know, that we've hired for from day one, you know, for bringing right. on my co-founders and, um, I, and every position we filled and, and every person we brought on board along the way. Um, it makes all the difference because when people are passionate about, yeah, about the company, but more so about what they do and about their craft and about the impact that they're making on, on the brand and the company and the customers and the culture, that's that's where you know you talk about micromanaging and, and managing versus leading and inspiring it's it's fear versus trust it's you know micromanaging comes when you're afraid that the people that you've brought on board aren't going to do what you need them to do and you know trust is happens when you you believe that someone is going to do what what they are uniquely able to right and so it, it shows up. It shows up in the day-to-day. It shows up in the brand, absolutely. And it absolutely fell in the culture. Well, as we wrap this up, and um, you've provided some really great inspiration and some great insight. And I know the, uh, the listeners are get a lot of value out of this. Um, one question I always like to ask at the end is, as you were growing up as a, as a little girl, did you ever think you would be where you are today? What, or what did you want to be when you were a little girl? I love, I love this question. Because you don't know what I wanted to be when I was little. I wanted to be a bangle. Like as in... The bangles. As in the bangles. Oh, that's yes. awesome. I wanted... <laughs> not, I didn't want to be a rock star. Did you I want didn't to be want to be a musician. Or the... Oh, yeah. I didn't care. I, I just wanted them to add me to the band. I, I was... Oh, yeah. And I remember my parents... So my first concert that I went to, I was six years old and I sat on my dad's shoulders. I wanted, I wanted to be a member of U2 more than anything I can think yeah, of. Yeah. Like, life. not a rock star. No. Just I'll a bangle. member of that band. I'll member, a member of U2. Yeah, so you get it. I wanted to be a member of U2. I don't yeah. know. I'm not even Irish, but I wanted yeah. to be a member of U2. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, and I remember my parents telling me, like, not like... Not stifling my dreams, but being like, I'm not sure the Bengals are going to be around when you're exactly. older. Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to be a Bengal. And, you know, and it's, it's interesting because what that turned into was shortly thereafter, you know, I, I started getting into music and theater and then I got really comfortable on stage. And right. in high school, I was in, in musicals and I sang a lot and that was my thing. And now I'm really comfortable on stage. And here I am now you know, at the forefront of this company, spending a lot of time on stage and, you know, on videos and doing podcasts. Um, And I'm not, I I have not, I've yet to sing Eternal Flame um, in a podcast, but uh, maybe one day. I love that. Yeah, Mark and I have very similar backgrounds. I mean, I've been performing since a young kid. Uh, So is Mark. I mean, that's just, that's, I think that's part of it. Once you're able to do it and you just realize you know, the bravery to suck at something is fantastic mm-hmm. because you're like, yeah, I could have totally sucked and you could mock me all you want, but I did it. 
know what I mean? Like we got up and we did it. And it's like, I think that is what separates the men from the boys and the women from the men, women from the girls and everything else. It's like just having the guts and the bravery to go out and be willing to suck at something. Mm -hmm. it's exciting. Like it's what it's all about. It makes you feel alive. It does. It makes you and, feel alive. And two, and two things on that. Like it's, um, there's the whole man in the man in the arena, which mm -hmm. is not a Brene Brown quote, but it came to me mm -hmm. through Brene Brown. But you know, I have it right there. It's, it's you know Teddy Roosevelt. The whole you know, it's it's about actually getting in the arena and doing the work and right. getting your butt kicked. Um, exactly. Getting into the ring is the hardest yeah. part. Once you're in the yeah. ring, you're just trying not to die. But yeah. the point is, is getting in the ring is what separates the one percent from the ninety nine percent. Like it's just it's true. Getting up there. It's yeah. true. Oh, that is great wisdom. That is fantastic. <laughs> hey, what wisdom do you have for, I already asked you about people that are starting in your field, but as kids are coming out, out of college and they don't know what they want to do, like, what do you say to them? You know, mm. or people that may, maybe, you know, nowadays, you know, I don't, I don't even know the value of, I mean, I went through a traditional education route, right? Um, mm -hmm. College and then law school. Like today, what would you even coach people to do? Would you even tell them to go to college? You know, I, so I have three boys and um, it's, it's if, right? right. It's if, if you choose to go to college, um, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's go get experiences. Uh, that's, yeah. that's what life is about. That's what your career is about. You know, we, we talked earlier about how, you know, most of what you learn, uh, what you do every day is learned on the job anyway. I was a big nerd. I loved school. That's why I have a master's degree. Um, I, I just, I, I love it. I love learning, but I not everybody's that way. I hated school and yet I have a yeah. lot of degree. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, I hated and also I hated school. Nobody that I, when I go back to see friends from high school and stuff, they're like, what? They're like, you yeah. went to college? I'm like, I actually got my law degree, blah, blah, blah. So and like, there's no way. And I'm like, look, it's not, it's because of the experiences that I had. I went mm -hmm. and I watched jury trials and I'm like, yeah. that's cool. I want to do that. You yeah. know, it's like that type of thing. Like that's, it's like a rock show with a suit on. Like that's yeah. what it is. That's so funny. And so I like, love that. Yeah, that's what it is. And it's like, that's yeah. what I want to do. And then when I sold the practice of law and I wanted to get into business, I'm like, I want to do sales. I want to do mm -hmm. sales in boardrooms and I want to do, I want to do public speaking. And it's like, it's the same thing. It's still a rock it's all related. Show. It's still a rock mm -hmm. show, right? We just dress better. <laughs> dress better. We have all of our yeah, teeth. We have that. less tattoos. Like that's yeah. about it. Like, yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's all related and it's all, it's all about experiences, whatever that looks like for you. Like again, for me, like I loved school and then I went out and got as much experience as I could in, in the workplace. And I did a lot of different things all within marketing, but like I worked on the brand side, the agency side, I did a lot of different things. And so regardless of what your path is, go, just, you, it's like running a campaign for a brand. Like right. you don't know until you try, it's all data. It's all data and, um, go try something. And I think especially now more than ever, um, trying something and saying, yep, that wasn't for me. If you have good reasons and you learned something, it's all about what you learned. Um, that's, that's okay. And, and it's encouraged. And so write your story and uh, make it a good one. So one thing I know as we end this, and I thank you for your time today. Um, the listeners are really, really dying to know where you're going to spend your brandology box. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, they are just dying to know. I mean, more I mean, license plates, maybe, or more license plates, maybe, um, maybe launching more podcasts. There you go. I love that. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about just as we as we end this. What 
what do we completely suck at and what can we improve on? Obviously, we have, these, we have these global series. studios that I'm at. I, have, I have mean, phenomenal you should studios. probably, yeah, I think you should probably open more studios. That, it looks like great. It. Because podcasts yeah. need very expensive commercial real Extremely, estate. yeah, that's Most all you need. today, especially in light of COVID, need very expensive yeah. commercial yeah. real estate, right? <laughs> yeah. That's all you need. That's, that's all you need to, I, I, I couldn't, I can't say it enough on, a, on enough podcasts. Like what you really need to start a podcast is commercial real estate. That's, that's just so that's the true. only thing you need. Um, no, I, you guys are doing great. I think, I mean, what you're, you're doing authentic conversations. You're, it's fun. It's, it's fun to listen to and it's fun to be in on the conversations. I think, I think you're doing a lot of things right. Okay, well, you're very too kind, and that's that, that, that's good. I don't believe a word you just said, but I'm, I'm going to record. <laughs> well, I'll wait to see what you do with it after you publish the podcast. Well, and that's, that's the, the thing. One. So watch how lame of a trajectory this has, and then you can guide us on what well, you should have done. Really like, like hey, Mosher and Morrow, maybe you guys should have told more than like your aunt and your uncle about it. Like that's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're looking for for you. So I, like I listened it. to that last one 16 times just to get that count up. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hey, Lindsay, thank you so much. Uh, Lindsay Chupkema, thank you so yep. much for being here. Did I get that right at the end? Close enough. Chupkema? Chupkema. Chupkema. All right. I suck. Smith okay. also works. Awesome. Mark Mosher, thank you very much. Everybody, thank thanks you, for listening. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. 